Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! I told you to be close. I told you just about every darn game that Purdue has a chance of winning is going to be close this year. But, man, this team knows how to make games close and come down to the end and keep you on the edge of your seat for nine hours. The the length of three football games. The game didn't wrap up until nearly 9 o'clock. And we'll get into more of that here in just a second. But welcome in to the Behind the Rails podcast on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. Make sure you subscribe um, to the channel on YouTube or follow it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Man, I hope I can do this game justice. I hope I can do this day justice because there was a lot that went on. Uh, in this show. And if you had any pictures from today, if you were in Blacksburg, uh, if you were just sitting at home and you took a shot of yourself watching the the Purdue game in Purdue gear, send it to me. I'll feature you on the screen behind me in next week's recap show or in following uh, preview and recap shows as well. So game was delayed to start. And that was kind of a a theme around college football on the East Coast today. There was a lot of games uh, that were delayed. Notre Dame, East Carolina. um, I I think there might have been a a game in Florida. Virginia uh, was also delayed a little bit. Boston College. Uh, But this game started out in a delay about 30 minutes from when kickoff was actually going to happen. So I... I anticipated it going to be a rainy conditions, maybe a little bit of a wet game, sloppy play a little bit. Um, they get into the game for the first quarter. Purdue looks good. And I didn't anticipate, um, you know, the offense coming out guns a blazing and the defense looking good as well. There was a good mix of run and pass. Um, got Sheffield uh, Miller, Garrett Miller. Uh, was questionable, ruled questionable before the game. He catches a pass in the first drive. Uh, Mockaby finishes the first drive with a strong touchdown run, and and off we go. Um, second drive after Virginia Tech punts the ball, they have to go in a delay after Purdue gets to around midfield, and it's like third and seven uh, delay, lightning delay. And you're thinking, okay, how long could this last? It turns out it's going to last about five hours, nearly six, nearly six hours. The first quarter alone in this win, this 24 to 17 win, uh, took nearly six hours to complete because the game didn't get restarted until about 6.15. Maybe it was on the channel that it started on. I don't think so. I think it was restarted. 
um, on ESPNU, I, I think, when the game started on two. Uh, the game got moved around a ton. Um, after halftime, it got moved to streaming only. Um, so those people who um, were unable to download the ESPN app um, or find it on ESPN3 or wherever, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to do my best to recap the rest of this game. Uh, this victory that Purdue ends up pulling out a gutsy win, Ryan Walter's first win. Uh, but man, that was just a weird because I'm 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 like you at home. I'm still I'm still watching some other games that are on. Um and I'm thinking, okay, other games that were delayed, they're back in business now. It, it might be, you know, an hour and a half, two hours for some of these games, but I'm just sitting here checking Twitter um, uh, releases coming out from Purdue and Virginia Tech and some of the beat writers that were on hand. Uh, we'll check back at 3. I get around 3 o'clock, about 3.10, 3.15. We're going to check again around um, 4, 4.30. And then yep, yep, we're still waiting around here. Uh, 4.30 rolls around. Okay. Some players are being spotted on, on the field. Uh, they're warming up, it looks like. And finally, we get the official word. We're going to try to start this thing around 6.15. Looks like weather has moved through. Field conditions are good. And you're like, thank goodness. But how how are these guys going to come out of the locker room? How are they going to um, be against? What's their mindset going to be against Virginia Tech? Uh, because they they looked good offensively. They only had one possession on defense, and Virginia Tech really didn't do anything with it. So you have to think that Purdue maybe comes out a little slow, and both teams might come out a little slow, just kind of feel each other out. They were still in the kind of that process to start the game. They immediately come out, and after play resumes around six fifteen, um, I think they end up punting. Uh, it was a third and seven. They looked like they were going to convert it, but then there was a penalty. They didn't uh, end up getting it on the, on the next try. Um, so the defense ends up coming up um, strong on the next possession for Virginia Tech. Sanusi Kane forced a fumble that was recover, recovered by Virginia Tech. Sanusi Kane had a really good game when he was questionable, um, I think, with that wrist or hand injury that he's been dealing with uh, here early on this season. Uh, I, I think he is he's he performed pretty darn well today, despite being questionable coming into the game. Next drive for Purdue uh, moves down the field, um, but ends up with a 43 yard from 43 yard field goal from Freehill. So Purdue's up 10 nothing. Then next possession for Virginia Tech pressure from both Kane and Kadarian Jenkins um, forces a, a turnover for Cam Allen, who just was just right there, ball right here, right here, and uh, Purdue gets a short field. Uh, Tracy uh, Tyrone Tracy Jr. scores two plays later. Purdue up seventeen nothing. Smooth sailing, smooth. We are on our way to a blowout. Right, right, wrong. As we saw in week one, as Purdue has seen. Many times before, under many a different coaching staff, the other team comes back. I mean, 
I, I I was chatting with some Purdue people online and, and in text message and they were feeling good. I I was like, heck yeah. I this is going better than I anticipated. I thought it was gonna be a close game, back and forth. Here we go, down to the final end. And that's what it kind of ended up being. Uh back and forth, maybe not so much in the second half, but in the second quarter that's taking place around seven o'clock at night when this was a noon kickoff. Um Virginia Tech storms right back. Um, it, OC Brothers had a nice couple of back-to-back plays or every other every other play that uh, forced a fourth down. Um, but then Virginia Tech decides to go for it. Uh, he OC Brothers lines up on the outside with uh, with Tudum. Uh, Tudum motions into the backfield, and then the the ball is snapped, and the running back runs a wheel route and brothers is lost has no idea where he went wide open wheel route uh he gets past a, a theneman tackle um and ends up in the end zone you really wish you would have you know got that stop man because that would have really stopped any chance of virginia tech getting back in this game or having any chance of momentum to do what they eventually did purdue uh about Near midfield, decides to go for it on fourth down. Um, and I just didn't love the play call. Uh, the the play call was, I think, a Hudson card keeper. Uh, this happened twice in the game. Happened again in the fourth. Um, I don't understand the play calling. It, it was a read in the fourth quarter that I, it looked like Hudson card was going to keep it the entire way. And in the, in that second quarter, it was it was a designed run for Hudson Card. I don't think that was the right choice. You had Dylan Downing on the field as your blocker. And just give him the ball. He's the big bruising back that you have on the team. Give him the ball. This is that's where some of these frustrations, you know, and we talked about it a lot last week with Purdue getting stuffed up the middle and in, in, in inside these inside tackle runs. Why? Why are you giving the ball to your quarterback? And yes, I know he has the mobility to run, but not in those situations. He's not a power back. He's not a fullback. I mean, unless the hole is is wide open, then he can take off and run. But on a fourth and like two, I believe, it just didn't seem like the right situation. But they only gave up three points. Virginia Tech ends up stalling. Uh, in Purdue territory, they only give up the field goal, so it's still a touchdown game. Um, and it feels like, all right, we're we we stopped any type of momentum. Uh, then I think Nichols gets the sack uh, it, on the next Virginia Tech position after Purdue it, um, goes, I think, three and out on on their following possession after the field goal. And but there was a wide receiver running in some wide open grass for Virginia Tech. Uh, and it leads to a first down on a third down play. And, uh, and then after a questionable, very questionable, I don't think it was, uh, roughing the passer penalty on Thieneman, uh, it leads to an easy touchdown for Virginia Tech the next play. So, and then game tied 17-17. It was a quick, very high to a very, we're back into a dogfight. Uh, Purdue gave up 17 points. 
and a span of 544 in game time. So in about six minutes, this game went from a 17-point lead to a tie game. And that's how we went into halftime. And halftime, you're thinking, well, first off, you're thinking, well, what channel is this game actually going to be on? And then you're thinking, can we find some offensive momentum? Because we looked good first drive. We got a short field on our next touchdown drive. And our next drive stalled and we settled for a field goal. Outside of our first possession, we really didn't move the ball a lot. They they moved it some to get into field goal position that that one time. And there was some good things that Purdue did. I, I think they were, you know, trying to get Maccabee involved a little bit. Hudson Card hit some different receivers. I like how he spread the ball around. Max Clare, I think, is is going to be a really good tight end for this team. Uh, there was no really connection with Deion Burks early on. They they found a um, connection with TJ Sheffield. Um, Yassine made some big plays, especially in that second half. I think he picked up a, a key third down uh, to keep that game going, uh, to keep the, the, one of the drives going. So I think I liked how he was spreading the ball uh, around Hudson was, but it feels like the offensive line still was kind of trying to find its way. Um, and I think the offense as a whole is still trying to find its identity. I don't really know what we're doing here because I think that at times they want to be a very pass happy, you know, get the ball out quickly. But if you don't have the guys that are getting open over the middle or out on the edges or over the top quicker, quickly, it, it just feels like this offense gets stuck in the mud here early on in the first couple of weeks. They're not really, they haven't, at least early on in this game, they didn't really try to establish the run game. And they didn't early on against Fresno State until the second half. That's kind of what they did here. Um, they got the, the running game going with Maccabee. Downing had some good runs. I think Mock could be finished with over 100 yards, potentially. I know he had a, a really good key catch uh, as well. He dropped one uh, as well in that second half to, ke- to keep a drive going. But you get the Thieneman interception, his second in as many games, uh, but the offense goes three and out to start the second half. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see it. I was still trying to get the game on my television. Uh, but I, I ended up seeing a clip uh, that somebody had posted. So it was just a, a challenge to find this game and put it on because I, I knew that I had to be talking to you guys and I wanted to get this game um, in the notes here. I wanted to get stuff written down. That's what I'm going through right now with all, all my notes and all my thoughts. So my next thought is Cam Allen is is slow that's he's feels like he's always trailing the receiver it feels like runners are running past him after they've caught the ball i don't know if he's thinking too much out there or he just seems like he's a step slow and i don't know if it's injury related i don't want to speculate there i just i don't know if he's 
playing at his fullest potential right now. He just feels like he's slower than everybody else out there. And it it looks like at times it hindered this defense. Uh, there were some big plays that got past him. Some some plays that were over the middle and Allen was right there and they would just run right, right around him. But I did feel like the secondary was helped out a lot because I think the defensive line played very well today. They were getting after uh, Grant Wells. Uh, they were stuffing uh, those, those run lanes. And it felt like they were doing a lot of things up front to just make it messy. There, there was just really a whole, not a whole lot that Virginia Tech could do um, as, as far as keeping Grant Wells upright, giving him clean pockets to throw in. Kadron uh, Jenkins, I think, got his second sack of, uh, of the day in that third quarter. Uh, and, that, and that was on third down, so that allowed uh, Purdue to uh, take over on offense. And then finally, Hudson Card finds Deion Burks for the first time. I think they only connected once for that 18-yard game. Uh, it was a good good route and a good ball by Hudson Card. So it was – but still, the offense really kind of shuffled along there until that fourth quarter um, after the defense gets off the field once again after a, a big Virginia Tech gain gets into Purdue territory. Hudson Card finally gets onto a deep shot with TJ Sheffield. That's the one thing that about this offense that was different, I think, from Fresno State to Virginia Tech is is that there were less deep shots, deep you know passes, more than twenty yards. Um, and I think that might have to do something with Virginia Tech's secondary. I think their secondary is pretty solid, uh, but it feels like that there wasn't as many opportunities. For, for Purdue to go deep downfield. Now, I think that also translates with Purdue trying to run the ball more with some efficiency this week, and it worked out for them. They finally established uh, the run game and got some big runs from Maccabee. I think Downing had one. Card um, ends up go, getting the go-ahead score on a running play that I think um, was, was pretty good. Uh, they converted the, on their three third downs on that touchdown drive, and that ended a streak of eight third downs that they did not convert. I mean, both teams did not do very well on third down. Now, that's a trend that kind of carried over from the Fresno State game, but on the defensive side, they were able to get off the field. That's that's one thing you kind of hang your hat on this week that they were able to get off the field, and that's that's a good sign in my mind that they changed some things up. They were able to get after the passer on on some of those third downs. There wasn't so much wide open space for receivers just running free. Now that might have had to do something with with Jennings getting hurt in that first quarter early on in in you know when the game started uh, in the early afternoon. He he did get hurt and he never came back. It looked like it was. Um, somewhat of a serious injury, um, lower leg injury. So I, I, I think that might have had something to do it. But I feel like um, when you get when this defense, you know, played well together where the defense is up front is forcing pressure and there's good coverage uh, down the field, there wasn't really a whole lot of Virginia Tech could do. I mean, if you look at the box score, they didn't score the whole second half, a second half shutout. So that's something you can hang your hat on for this Purdue defense um, going forward. 
hopefully, that they take what they did to us to Virginia Tech today and establish, you know, this is kind of what we can be moving forward because that secondary did struggle at times um, against Virginia Tech today, but uh, it made up for it with some of those big moments in that second half. So uh, I, I think really good Im- improvements, and I and that's what I wanted to see in this game. I, I wanted to see some improvements for. Um, on along the offensive side of the ball, I wanted to see improvements in the in the defense, and I think we got that. I think we got the the secondary um, playing a whole lot better. They established the run game. Mockaby, like I said, finished over 100 yards. Downing had some good runs. Hudson Card used his legs. Uh, he he didn't look as comfortable. I think. Uh, this time around, and I think Virginia Tech um, was able to do a couple of things, even though they were rushed rush four uh, a lot of the times and maybe five. They didn't really blitz uh, a ton, but they were getting pressure, um, and I think that's what their defense is built on, trying to get pressure with four. So I, I think um, it was a good showing for Purdue today, a game that, man, you didn't really want to squeak out like that, and it didn't look like it was going to be that way early on. Even way back around one o'clock, I felt like Purdue was going to go into this game and, and um, handle uh, Virginia Tech early on. But give credit to Virginia Tech, they end up coming back. Uh, but Purdue plays very well in that second half, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I, I think going forward uh, against Syracuse next week, another a game that's going to be played under the lights, just like this one, even though it wasn't scheduled to be. Uh, your next couple of games are under the lights with uh, the Friday night game at uh, uh, against Wisconsin uh, in a couple of weeks. But against Syracuse, I, I think there's some good things to build on. I think Syracuse is, again, probably on the similar level to where uh, maybe just a notch above where Virginia Tech is, but a similar to level to Purdue, a team that's you know going to go from about six to eight wins in that in that range. Um, and Purdue, I think, with their schedule, is is hoping to uh, be a, be around that as well with their remaining schedule. So I think next week is an, an important game. Uh, this one showed me a, a lot of things uh, for Purdue that are needed to be shored up for sure. Uh, the secondary, and it's unfortunate to say this, the secondary might be um, an issue. I mean, I think they're going to show flashes. I still think that, you know, Marcavius Brown had a solid game. Didn't really uh, see, hear a whole lot from him um, as far as mistakes. Uh, I think Marquise Wilson uh, improved today. I think he showed um, improvement, uh, made a couple of good plays on the outside. It's just if if you're gonna have a banged up Sanusi Kane, uh, Cam Allen that looks slow out there for some reason. I don't know if it was the cleats he was wearing and the the grass, you know, being sogged up. But man, I I hope he gets it figured out. Uh, but I think as a whole, you had some good linebacker play uh, outside of a couple plays um, for like with OC Brothers. He looked he looked solid up front. Uh, Jeffrey Imba, I thought, you know, put a lot of pressure. He may not have got to the quarterback a lot, but I thought he put a lot of pressure on uh, Grant Wells today. So, and and we talked about Jenkins, uh, and I thought uh, Nichols 
uh, played well inside as well. So I, I think defensively, you're going to be able to top, stop teams on the run because sometime in that fourth quarter, Virginia Tech had negative rushing yards. Now, Virginia Tech brought in their backup quarterback. He's more of a, of a runner uh, than Grant Wells is, and, and I get their thinking there. But to come up with uh, some defensive stops in that game, uh, I, I thought it was a definite improvement. And that's what you wanted to see in, in this week. You wanted to see improvement from week one to week two. And I think we got it. I think we got it. I think we got improvements on offense. Uh, I think I think that the play calling hopefully will improve in certain aspects in the short yarded situations. I don't know what to tell you there. I, I, I would just have different options that I would go to back to back weeks where I'm, I'm just a little, little baffled about some of these play choices that we're going with in these short yarded situations. So hopefully that gets improved. Hopefully we uh, see more weapons develop. Uh, hopefully Grant Miller continues to get healthy and, and played in there. I thought Colton Berger, you know, Played well today uh, in his first game this year. I thought the the tackles uh, did well as well uh, at times. Um, and they got more push today. The offensive line got more push, opened up some good running lanes for Maccabi, Downing, Card, even Tyrone Tracy, who made an excellent cut on his, on his touchdown run. Uh, so I, I think there were a lot of bright spots. Uh, for this, um, if I had to give a player the game, I, I would either I, offensively I'd go Maccabi. I thought he showed up and showed some real toughness today, uh, especially in that fourth quarter when they when they needed to and establish a game. Uh, and on defense, uh, I might go Scourton, Scorton, or Jenkins. Both those guys played really well. Uh, I didn't even mention Scorton uh, for 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 the play he did. And he he's played well back to back weeks, so uh, I, he's getting after the quarterback as well and making plays uh, in the backfield. I think that defensive front is is really good, is solid. Uh, they're making a lot of plays. Uh, I think that's going to be the strength of this defense going forward. And you're just hoping the secondary improves um, as as the year goes along. So. That'll do it here on this recap. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if there are any players that stood out to you and and maybe we need to take a little bit of a deeper dive into, I'm, I'm open to that and who we might be looking forward to shine against Syracuse next week. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. Uh, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, if you want some some analysis or some snippets of the show. Um, you can find them on there as well. And if you want to be a part of the show and be on the screen, make sure you email the show as well. This has been another edition of the Behind the Rails podcast on the Believe Network. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.